you brought up you brought up your own pain that's not mine right yes so being grateful so frequently grateful. i will bring up a topic and then blame somebody else for bringing it up so well even though i was the one that brought it up i know and that's why we're trying to grip reality today because you're losing what's left of your reality so. no no <laughs> my reality is firmly in my grip i get Never mind. I don't want to know that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and I quote, as we approach the holidays dominated by losses, uncertainty, human depravity, we can still be open. I'm like, show me just how many. I, okay. I get it. Life is hard. Human depravity? Yeah. How, how do we get to losses, uncertainty, and human depravity? Wasn't, isn't isn't human depravity Mardi Gras? <laughs> <laughs> and they canceled Mardi Gras this yeah, year. We, we just, For next just, year, I mean. We've just offended all those people in that part of the world. What can I say? Uh, after our brief interlude with gratitude, we feel free to snuggle back up to your inner bah humbug. So, wait a minute, wait a minute. We've already started the podcast. What are you reading? You're reading I, something that somebody else wrote that's probably copyrighted, and we're going to be sued to the wazoo because we didn't give proper credit. It's in the newspaper. Who cares? Oh, it's in the newspaper. Okay. And it's, it's how yeah, to be, public. how not to be thankful. How to you be, have, how to I, not be thankful. No, you have permission to not be thankful this oh. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Splitting an infinitive with the negative is just completely improper. <laughs> that is just completely improper. I know I'm an old guy. I understand that. I speak English properly. I put I put adverbs where they belong, not in the middle of an infinitive. Uh, do, you, do you use L-Y on your adverbs? That's all I want to know. Well, I do when it's appropriate. There are some adverbs that don't end in L-Y. But that's beside the point. So you have permission not to be thankful. Or if we were to say it positively, you have permission to be unthankful. Correct. Or non-thankful. Or I'm not really sure. Don't we already a, have enough of that? A-thankful. You prefix a word with the letter A, and it means the opposite of that. <clears throat> so let's pick a different word then. You have permission to be grouchy, uh, to be avuncular, uh, obnoxious. A Get a dictionary. <laughs> Um, you have permission to be <laughs> selfish. Oh, wait. Pain. Yeah. A Debbie Downer. A Debbie Downer. So do you need, don't run people whose name is Debbie Downer or oh, sorry. Karen. Yeah, right? I mean, that's just incredibly rude. Because I, I know okay. people named Debbie and I know I people know, named yeah, Karen I and just know, like. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, and, and it's the I'll, same I'll, thing. It's the same thing, by the way. When somebody throws up, we call it a Ralph. I mean, think of people whose names are Ralph. That is just terrible. But anyway, that, I'm getting off the point. Do you have the permission? Who gave you, who had the permission to give you permission not to be thankful? That's the point. Who died and left them in charge? That's what I want to know. 
or maybe nobody died. Maybe they just robbed a bank of thankfulness and and just withheld permission to be thankful. (laughs) I think one of the big questions that we really want to talk about is how does one develop a sense of gratitude or thankfulness when the circumstances don't warrant that? When it appears to be at a glance, there is not really anything substantial to be thankful for. We're in the middle of the COVID season. It's spiking. There's a a vaccine on the way, but it's not here yet. Uh, We've been ordered not to travel. Travel is actually up by some percentage over a month ago. People are going to see their loved ones anyway. Some are wearing masks. Some are not wearing masks. On, 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 on. The world seems somewhat confusing. I saw a, a Facebook post from a friend of mine who was seemingly overwhelmed that the current death toll since February is 256,000 as of the day we're talking here, 256,000, which if you look at just one number, one number, that is a lot of people. Um, and it represents a significant amount of human pain and, and great loss to the human family. I understand that. There are 330 million Americans. To put that in context, 256,000 is three quarters of one-tenth of 1% of the population. Not even one-tenth of a percent. It is three quarters of one-tenth of one percent of the population. So in the scope of the human family in America, the actual loss is really small. It's really small. The challenge is, I think, when we put on a set of goggles that are colored blue, everything appears blue. It filters out any other color and only permits blue light to get through the lens. So when you look at the world around you, when you grip reality, but you have on goggles that color that miserable or color it selfish or color it um, uh, unthankful. Right. Then it seems like there is adequate reason to withhold gratitude, thankfulness, and to to be miserable, to choose misery in Thanksgiving. So, well, I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing as I was just reading while you were talking a little while ago with a guy before we came on, and and this has occurred to me a number of times in these months where when you're viewing your world through the my rights and you're taking away my rights and instead maybe the possibility is you need to view this not through the blue lenses but through the green lenses and really maybe instead of thinking there's an ulterior motive of someone taking away my rights really what's what's taking place is that someone is actually trying to protect or trying to do something much bigger than what you're seeing within your framework of your glasses. And so you're all upset instead of saying, well, really, 
you know, for example, you know, churches who just diving straight along to when, you know, when in our state the governor says, you know, you're not to work, you're not to sing, you know, you're not supposed to have bands, choirs, and, you know, social distance and all those things. And the first thing we do is dive right to the, you know, right to you're persecuting us. You're taking away our rights to telling us, you're telling us how we have to, how we can or cannot worship. And I'm going, well, how about if you flip that around and think about it for a minute? And a different perspective of really, that's not what the, there's no intent of, of that at all. What the intent is, is that understanding that some of the greatest spreaders and influencers are in those kinds of large organizations that have that have been allowed to have significant number of people. The reality is, is that they're causing lots of infections, knowingly or unknowingly. And this is this is for the good of everybody, not just because we're trying to persecute somebody. But it's that changing that lens <clears throat> that says, wait a minute, maybe I need to look at this from a different perspective. And it comes back to that same thing. What is it that I am thankful for? What am I, and what is my gratitude being given into? To, you know, let's get perspective of understanding instead of saying, well, you know, life is awful. It's coming off the wheels. We have all these problems and so on. Folks, we've had these problems. We've had problems for a long time. Okay. So, that comes back to me viewing life and what am I placing all of my, you know, sense of worth and value and joy and happiness in. Uh, maybe I need to step back and take a look of what really I have invested myself in to give myself what I give myself in life of giving it real meaning. Uh, what is that? And maybe what I'm vesting myself in, those glasses need to change. Because really, I am i don't find meaning in that anymore. I'm not happy. I'm not enjoying that. I'm not grateful because it's gone. It's being hurt. Well, is there maybe something wrong with what, what you have vested your meaning in at this point in life? So one of the, the ways we talk about gripping reality is to take full ownership of your perceptions, your emotions, your motivations, and your behaviors. They actually belong to you. They are yours. Mine right. are mine. So when, when I read online, as you were reading that article, that some random person that we never met and will never meet uh, announces at the top of the article, I am giving you permission not to be thankful or the obscure right, way in which she wrote it, actually. <laughs> uh, so I understand her meaning, even though her language was uh, obfuscated. You're, you're, you're a little not going to let that go, aren't you? I'm not going to let that go. That's going to bother me. Go. But I'm thankful for that because it gives me something to talk about. So the, the reality is that that if my emotion of thankfulness gratitude really does belong to me i have the privilege of becoming a thankful person without necessary regard to my circumstances i i 
allow myself to be defeated by my circumstances or I choose to overcome my circumstances. The the challenge, I think, is that we one of the ruts I get in personally is that I will I will tend to look at circumstances which are very momentary as robbing me of something. I'm on my way to a meeting and I have a flat tire or a classic example is I'm driving down the road and all of a sudden there's construction or a bridge out or an accident. And I have to take a detour. When, uh, when my kids were small, we would pile everybody in the car with quite a bit of planning and drive all over the United States. We went to the North and came back to the South. We went to the South and came back to the North, traveled all over. We've been to 49 States. We couldn't drive to Hawaii. That's the only one we haven't been able to get to yet. So the, the reality was we piled everybody in and experienced America. And we did it usually from KOA and from uh, campers that we hauled along or tenting or whatever, because we didn't have a lot of money to stay right. in real fancy hotels. And we couldn't fly and we didn't do cruises. We, we didn't do all the big uh, amusement right. parks. We just went. So as we were traveling, when my father took us on vacation and we came to a detour, he was just absolutely furious. He was beside himself with rage. Right. And that right. would really ruin that entire segment of our trip. Sure. With my kids, I found that I was kind of automatically falling into that. Uh, uh, here comes a detour. I can't stand this. I'm stuck in traffic. And we started playing games and looking for things that we never would have seen ever right. had we not been on that detour. Right. So on occasion, my kids would spot a path in the woods, uh, some kind of a marked trail. We'd get out and walk for a half a mile, get back in. We saw right. all kinds of aspects of American landscape down in creek beds, up through wooded areas, around boulders, finding all kinds of interesting things that have become permanent memories of my family because we got stuck on a detour. And right. so eventually right. we learned how to say, ha, they're doing construction of taking a bridge down. We get a detour. <laughs> yeah, wow. And the idea of something happening that in our best planning, we never would have come across right. became right. a delight. So it changed the way in which we saw adversity problems, breakdowns, all kinds of things. We had the the normal trip-based tragedies that occur. We threw a transmission once in South Carolina. We blew a tire in the middle of Wyoming that was out in the absolute matter of nowhere. We blew a radiator hose in, uh, in uh, New Mexico. And what was amazing is the general thought about strangers in the world is they're miserable, they're selfish, they're going to take advantage of you. What we have actually found are small business owners who will bend over backwards to make a family trip successful. Somebody who would give you the radiator hose out of their own vehicle to get you back on the road. Uh, delightful people we never would have met. So I became extremely thankful from within myself for the opportunities of right. a detour. Now right. we're in this major culture wide detour 
called Thanksgiving COVID season. Right. And no one, we don't really mean no one, can travel. You can't hug anybody. On and on right. and on and on and on. So what can you do? A, exactly. a philosophy of my life is I can't do everything, but I can do something. So right. I'm going to do that. So if right. I can't travel, can't see my family, can't eat 17 pounds of turkey and end up with with uh, indigestion and uh, 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 so much of the chemical that's in turkey, I sleep through right. the next three football games. Right. The reality is there's something I can do. So right. I could put on the glasses of what I can't do, or I could change the filter and put on what can I do, even if right. it's minimal, and I'm going to do that. And I may find, right. I will find, that the detour led me someplace to someone or some right. situation I never would have planned it into my walk. Right. Never, ever. But and, it became one of those great memories. And it's, it's the, the book I'm reading, The Elimination of Hurry, right now, which I think speaks to so much to where we are in that very very thing you're talking about. Uh, Mike, I, I think it's fascinating is that when COVID, we got into this whole thing way back in March and people were locked down on there with, with their families and all of a sudden they had to start relating and the entire world slowed down, slowed down and the busyness the busyness slowed down and, and we were able, weren't able just to go, 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 go. And all of a sudden here was another dynamic that was like, oh, wow, who are these people in my house? Um, yeah. I mean, and you start seeing the commercials started to change. You know, they were no longer single individuals. They were, you know, mom and dad doing projects with their kids and, you know, learning together and cooking together and cleaning together and being families. And then we got back into a bit of summer where people started getting busy and they all broke out. And now we're back in it again. And what I observing is that it, to me, is fascinating is that like this article in, you know, of giving you permission to not be thankful, I'm going, so what we're going to do is say, what we're going to do is be angry. We're going to have, <clears throat> we're going to be, you know, we're going to be really angry. We're going to be empowered to be grumpy about the situation. And we are going to miss the opportunities that are there that, that have, whether we like or not, been thrust upon us. But instead of maximizing those opportunities to do the very thing you're doing, looking for the detours, looking for what is really what, what is it that we can do versus what we can't do. But we are so, uh, I think that's why that article so hung up on what we can't do. That's why that article this morning when I was reading that, we're going, seriously? So what we're going to do is be so angry about what we can't do, we're going to miss the entire thing. We're, we're not going to celebrate anything. Right. Or we're we're going to fight ourselves because we're, we're so frustrated at that level. And... <clears throat> You've been given a great opportunity. Maybe you're only with one or two people or three people or four, whatever it is. Maybe it is you are by yourself. Okay. What is it you can do that can redeem that time in a way 
that you are really thankful for that you have the opportunity opportunity to do that you normally would not be able to do. And so it's that, again, coming back and saying, all right, we can have, we can, we can push this, you know, this empowerment thing way up the, way up the scale to where we're just livid about how, and be consumed with our anger, be consumed with be. all our frustrations <clears throat> versus if we can back that down and look at the celebratory side of life and pushing that up. But what is it, what is it you can celebrate? So the, <clears throat> but the pushback on that is, okay, so you're Pollyanna. You watch, yeah, yeah, uh, you watch right. uh, Hallmark movies. Right, you right, just, yeah, yeah. you know, you lull yourself into an oblivion of happiness and peace and flowers and, oh, yeah, and that, uh, that kind yeah. of thing. And the challenge is um, to, to be real and realize right. how dire and how miserable and how horrible things are. The two right. questions we keep coming back to are what is it doing to you and what exactly. are you going to do with it? And, right. the, and the challenge, I think, in this, not that everybody should be always happy-go-lucky and, and feel like uh, the world is a really wonderful place. It is, there are times when it is not. But the question is, if your anger or your lividness lividity whatever the word is uh is 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 eating you alive you cannot change the world's experience of covid right now you can't change that one of the great uh prayers of our culture is associated with alcoholics anonymous the serenity prayer and it begins it's called serenity prayer because that's the first character quality that's mentioned god grant me the serenity to accept what i cannot change and the and i would supplant the serenity to me seems almost as if i i i i become placid i just lose drive i'm i'm a serene even lake and i've right. lost my my zest by being right filled with serenity maybe it doesn't mean that to everybody but i get that feeling like well then stop caring about it so and i don't want to do that but if i keep caring and i keep pushing the re- what i find myself feeling is anger and and rage and miserableness and grumpiness and all those kinds of words that irritation i'm annoyed i don't know the the alternative is to develop a sense of grace about what I cannot change. I examine it. I embrace it. I cannot change this. This is beyond my my control. It's beyond my strength. Even if a number of us are working together, we cannot overcome this right now. So that's where I am. I am, and if it's too hot to handle, too hard, too heavy, uh, too challenging, I may need some help with getting my hands around that part of reality. But the other part is give me the courage to change what I can change. Now we flip the conversation from what I couldn't to what can I do? Right. Right. And in that context, I begin looking at uh, what can I be thankful for? Where, where is my generosity? What could I do? That would enable a person who crosses my path 
to be thankful not only for this afternoon, but maybe for the next month or maybe right. for the remainder of their life. That that I happen to be in exactly the right place right. at exactly the right time to step into a huge hole in somebody's life. Right. And I became the blessing that caused them to be thankful. Can I do that? Can I look for that opportunity? Can I find some way in which I can get out of the grouch and get into the, to the grace of the moment? Right. And then I can't do everything, but I can do something. I, I hate to keep coming back to those kinds of phrases, but that actually helps me think my way out of a muddy rut and back to some land that's got some some right. uh, substance underneath it and be able to move forward. So I'm pitted with a choice. Would I rather be grouchy and miserable? Does that help me sleep well? Does that fill my mouth with a good taste? Or would I rather have grace and be generous to someone somehow doing something that has a bit of delight in it what does that do to me? And I look right. at those two options and I think I know where I'm going. Right. I'm going to I'm I have permission not to be thankful, but I'm not accepting the permission. Right. I'm going to be thankful anyway. Right. And I'm going to find out what can I be thankful for on this detour when my engine blew out of my car, right. when I had a flat tire, when my radiator hose burst. And I found something that I wasn't looking for, and I had no plan to find, but I'm going to find it anyway. That's what I start looking for. And that's where my right. thankfulness comes from. Right. And, that's, and that's, that has to do in my own thinking when I think, what is it that I can affect within my sphere of influence? And when I start pulling that in and realizing that, well, my frustration is because I'm thinking that I can have this impact out here that's much greater really I have because I want something different than, than what's in front of me. And, and really coming to grips with what is my sphere of influence that I truly can change, if you will, that I can make a difference in that. But we don't even, we don't look at the possibilities so many times of the sphere of influence we have because we get so far projected out there with things that we keep reading on social media about how bad everything is and what's going on here and, you know, and, and this person said that. And I mean, it's just. So it's back up to me. You use the phrase sphere of influence. What do you mean by that? What is well, a sphere of influence? Sphere of influence having to do with those people that you have direct relationship with that you are involved with uh, in your life. So, for example, when I go to. When I go to the store. All right. I have a sphere of influence. Now that there's different levels levels of influence you have with people, but I have a sphere of influence. I can go to the store and decide um, I'm going to be one of these people that goes in and I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it goes in and I mask up to get in the store and then I unmask when I get in the store because I don't want to wear a mask when I'm in the store. 
And my sphere of influence is that do I care about those people around me, whether I believe it or not, it doesn't matter to me. But these people around me do. So do I care enough that I'm going to influence them by helping them? Because I have that influence. So you said earlier, you said earlier, the sphere of influence is people with whom you have ongoing relationship. And now you're saying random strangers passing by are also in your sphere of influence. Yeah, they could be both in. So you have a permanent sphere of influence or an ongoing sphere of influence of depth. And you also have a sphere of influence that is momentary. That is the driver trying to get into traffic and you let that guy go ahead of you or you help a a woman who drops some groceries on the ground. There was an event here in Hilton, the little tiny town where nothing really happens in the world. And uh, (laughs) it was on our Hilton conversational Facebook group. Um, And a woman to whom this happened wrote in she had stopped at the drive through window to get a meal for whoever's in her car. And as she was driving away, the young man who was uh, doing the money part of taking, taking money started screaming at her out his window, yelling as loudly as he could for her to stop. And she looked out her window and he was waving his hands and she stopped and said, what do you want? And he said, you gave me $2, but the one stuck to the bottom is a $100 bill. You mistakenly gave me $101, not $2 to pay for whatever you're paying. She backed up. She had given him her $100 for Chris Thanksgiving or whatever. And he made sure what sounded like an angry exchange yelling at her was to give her this incredible. He could have just kept it. She would never have known. Where did I lose that hundred dollars? The kid could have told his friends for he could have told his great grandchildren in 85 years. I got a hundred dollars once from some stupid lady didn't know what she was doing. Or he could do something incredibly gracious in a Split second. That's his sphere of influence. It's also right. her sphere of influence. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's where you can make a difference that allows you to change that direction of thankfulness, of being grateful for what's around you, realizing you can have that kind of that kind of dynamic that that people miss every single day. Sure. It's a, it's amazing to me. And it actually many... might happen every single day, but people don't see it. Their filter on their eyes is exactly. everyone out there is miserable. Right. And when you realize how many people actually are not, right. the jerks drive way too fast and cut you off in traffic. But out of the 4,000 people that you interacted with on the roads, three of them were jerks. Right. That means 3,997 weren't, but right. we tend not to see them. We right. tend to that's see exactly the jerks. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so that that then begs, you know, the real question of again, it's not the Pollyanna. I get that. You know, Grace Guy is going to clear it up, put on a happy face. That would be wonderful, but that's not reality. And hey, we should put is... that in a song. That that's got <laughs> that's got a beat to it. I like life that. is life is hard. Put on a sometimes. happy face. I like that. Anyway, the, so that's for another podcast. Even, yeah, I know. Even in the difficult, <laughs> tough stuff, 
there are really good things that take place, believe it or not. Sure. And and you can't be grateful for them. And I'm trying to ignore you, but it's not working well. Not so, working, no. <laughs> I dressed in my lumberjack outfit today. I know. Here, it's really cold. You might be watching this podcast like in July, uh, five years from now, and say, what in the world are those guys talking about? What is COVID anyway? So get a history book. It uh, won't be in history books in five years. Um you're watching it 15 years from now. Now, get a history book and go. find out yeah. what happened and how miserable we all were, but not everybody was miserable. <laughs> Some of us <laughs> laughed our way through this and looked for every opportunity to get stuff done we never would have gotten done because now we have an excuse. I don't have to go to work or school because I have COVID or I was exposed. Right. So I'm going to clean my basement. That's right. Which I've been saying I was going to do for 20 years. Guess what? Yeah, just think if you get quarantined for two weeks, how clean your house could be. Yeah, it could be. That would be amazing. You could be thankful for that. Uh, or not. <laughs> you have permission not to be thankful for that. I don't like cleaning. I mean, I never like cleaning. So ask my wife. Don't ask my wife. She knows no, I, I hate cleaning. I yeah. And I, I just cleaning too. <laughs> but on occasion, when when you get something really clean and it's and it's you like the way it, it came out. So I'm yeah. thankful for that. I'm I'm oh, thankful. Okay, okay. I'm not thankful for the process. I'm thankful for the product. The <laughs> end. Yeah, it's not the means to the end. It's the end itself. In that case. Yeah, and I I uh, I I would guess that some of the real challenge of this, you know, trying to trying to deal with thankfulness is that one is the, you know, is the anger side of it because we get so consumed with. You know, things are not, I mean, and one of the definitions I use for for anger, anger is unfulfilled expectations. And because I have this expectation that's not being fulfilled, and that was that article. I mean, that article that I read was expectation after expectation after expectation sure. that was not fulfilled. Which became demands. Demand. Which right. Became, it's expectations, not a request. Now right. it's a demand. Now it's a demand, and I'm angry because none of those are being able to be Because I didn't get what I wanted. Hey, that exactly. sounds like a four-year-old. Wow. But this was an adult? Oh, yeah, well, this let's, was... not go, let's not go there. <laughs> we're not going to accuse that person of childish, immature behavior. No, no we're not going to no, do that. No, we won't do that. No. But the other side of that coin that has to do with this, I think that probably – in some respects, it's probably easier to move back from the anger kind of side than I would guess from the depletion side of being down, being disappointed, being discouraged, being um, what are some other words that we could put in there that overwhelmed, that overwhelmed. Right. And how do I how do I move? You know, was it doing to me, and and what am I going to do about it? So I'm overwhelmed, but now what am I going to do? And how do I move? You know, what we would say into that celebratory side where we're not going off the charts, and we're not being, you know, we're not being this this total Pollyanna. But but what is it that I can do to help myself move from this depletion to a place of 
thankfulness, if you will, of being grateful for what's in front of me. How do I get there? So one of the things that I've discovered as we've done a lot of this research is that it's helpful to understand some emotions are siblings to other emotions in the same family. Here's what I mean by that. Thankfulness or gratitude has a twin sister, but they're fraternal twins. That fraternal twin in the area of celebration is generosity. Generosity and gratitude actually go hand in hand. And this is really surprising. If you want to trick your own mind into feeling thankful when you have little reason to be thankful, right. choose to be generous and watch what happens. Right. When we were in Honduras, we have a school down in Honduras. And my uh, colleague Mark and I were exploring some of the northern uh, beach areas. We had a little bit of time off after graduation one year, a number of years ago. And we uh, got a taxi cab uh, with a guy who had lived in the United States. He was deported from the United States and had to go back to Honduras because he did something illegal up here. Nice guy, nicest guy in the world. But he did something that was wrong. They kicked him out of the United States and he's back in Honduras driving a cab. And we are, dri- we are going along. Um, I'm in the front seat, Mark's in the back seat. This little tiny vehicle. Uh, and we pull up to a stoplight and a man comes up to the window, to the driver's side window that's obviously in rags. Uh, he's limping and he holds out his hand, filthy dirty. You could smell, I could smell the man through the window of the car. Holds out his hand. The driver, without missing a beat, picks up a couple of lempira from his little coin area on the side by his uh, emergency brake and slips it out the window to this guy, five lempira, which is 25 cents. And uh, the light turns green. We head off and the man didn't say anything back. And I said, do you mind if I ask you about what just happened? And he said, yeah, go ahead. Go ask away. I said, why? That guy was a beggar, right? He said, yeah, he was. He's a homeless guy, beggar. I said, why did you give him money? We've been told by everybody we ever travel with, do not ever give money to panhandlers and beggars on the street. And he said, who told you that? And I said, well, all the travel agents and everybody who does anything about travel always could because you will be inundated and they will just descend on you like flies on dead meat and you'll never get away. You'll never, you'll never be able to get out of that. And he goes, well, I don't see it that way. I said, well, that's what I'm asking. Why did you do that? Because I'm always thinking, why do people do what they do? He said, you know, here in Honduras, there's no social system to help the poor. There's nothing. Right. When a man comes up to me or a woman comes up to me and they have two arms and two legs, I'll say, get a job. You have two arms, two legs, you can work. You can do something. You may not make a lot of money, but you can do something. But when a man comes up to my window and he's missing a hand or doesn't have an eye or is missing uh, a foot, I know that that man will never get a job. So I am always ready to give something. And I look down at his little coin thing between him and me underneath uh, the emergency brake. 
and there were probably 30 one Lempira, two Lempira, five Lempira bills that were just kind of crumpled up and down in between the seat. I said, is that what all this money is? He goes, that's what it's for. I always keep a few. I'm not going to give a lot. But when a guy comes up like that, I'm ready to give. And, you know, I'm really happy to do it. And I thought to myself in that split second, he's generous and he's happy to do it. Right. That is those are sisters. That yep. feeling of gratitude and that attitude of generosity link in our system. Mm -hmm. So I began always keeping not in my wallet, just in a coat pocket or in my little coin uh, part of my Levi jeans or my whatever jeans uh, or just some loose bills. I always keep a one or a five that if I see someone just passing by, I don't have to go through my wallet, lick my fingers, get a 20 out, ask if they've got change. I'm just always ready to give. So I'm looking for the opportunity to be generous. It is an amazingly transformative experience to be prepared for generosity yep. because yep. that leads me to a general feeling of thankfulness and happiness. Yep. And if That's you right. don't want to do that, don't do it. Right. But if you want to be happy, if you want to have generosity, if you want to have gratitude, develop a plan for generosity. Those are twin sisters in yep. our system. And there's some really great ways to do simple things like that that take they they literally take no effort i mean my uh, my I, I was very fortunate to have i mean my my mom and dad my dad was a terrible business person and we lived grew up on a farm you know but but he loved people and my mom was the person who you know she had the business account and but my dad had my dad had it was. Would you just say business what acumen? Acum, acumen, whatever. No acumen. Yes. If you're going to okay, use a big whatever. word, say it correctly. <laughs> like to not be thankful. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, I interrupted. Stop. Sorry. Acumen. Uh, acumen. So she, your mom had business acumen. <laughs> she had business sense. How's sense. That? There <laughs> we go. C e n t s or s e n s e. <laughs> I'm go gonna, on, keep going. I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut you out of this. One of the right ways now. to get <laughs> through detours is just drive faster and hit it like uh, Dukes of Hazard. Keep going. Don't stop. Who? Who? Who is that? Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> no, the, the reality. My dad always would say. One of said, the people just turned us off. I mean, <laughs> legitimately, that was a wise move on your part. But come back and watch the rest of this. We're going to have some good stuff. We're almost done anyway. Good grief. Yeah, we are. Uh, his attitude was, you know, will you miss it 100 years from now? You know, the money that you would spend. And I put my coffee like, cup down, and I can't find it like five <laughs> minutes from now. So I'm not going to miss anything in 100 years. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting because it's that attitude of finances is like, you know what, if I pay for somebody's cup of coffee, am I going to miss that? I'm not going to miss it in 10 minutes, okay? Right, right. I mean, let's let's face it. There are so many things you can do that could be generous to people yeah. that could change the environment for them. And right now, I mean, one of the things I do, and I, I don't eat there that often, 
but <laughs> but particularly in the morning when you go through, if you drive through like McDonald's or wherever, is to pay for the car behind you. Sure. You know, pay for yours and then pay for the car behind them because you already know they're going to work, you're going to work. And what that does for folks, but not only that, it's, 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 it's and every once really in a while, fun. you do hear people on Facebook that comment on that kind of stuff or in regular conversation. That's really good. Right. And we're heading in towards Thanksgiving to Christmas season. And every time in the year, Salvation Army puts out the red kettles with COVID right, and right, trying to take right. money. It's extremely hard to do that. But one of the instead of waiting for the red kettle and the bell to annoy me, here we go again. At the beginning of the season, I will take $20, $30, three $10 bills, and at the bank, have that turned into $1 bills. And I keep that in my pocket so that every single bell ringer I go by, I can put a dollar in. Question is, why don't I just put a 20 in once and be done with it? Because that's a generosity on my part. But it doesn't lead to thankfulness on the bell ringers part. Exactly right. That man or woman, that kid, that boy scout, that girl scout who's standing there ringing that bell and seeing everyone avoid making eye contact, go in a different door on it. They know they're creating social pressure to try and and make some kind of resource that can help. Uh, those who are who are really unfortunate at this time. So plan ahead. If you have small children, one of the things you can do before you head to the store is fold up a dollar bill, especially if they're very young children or a five dollar bill if they're a little older and say, this one is for you, but this one is for the bell ringer. And I will let you have this one. Teach them. I, I understand you're buying off their ability to be generous, but you have to teach them somehow. Exactly. There's exactly. something in it for you when right. you also have generosity. So exactly. look for a bell ringer. And as I've done that with my children and grandchildren, they get out of the car without running helter skelter through the parking lot. They make a beeline for the bell ringer. And the bell ringer's joy at seeing a child come up ready to give is just absolutely amazing. So you look at that and say, I got to be generous. My child or grandchild got to be generous. The bell ringer got to be generous. The people who received that help got to be thrilled. So, so far, we're four for four. Right. And I look at that right. and think, okay, that is worth five or 10 bucks. Right. Now, if right. you can't do five or 10 bucks, you can do five or 10 cents. Or a dollar. You can't do a thousand. Okay, you can't do everything, but you can do something. So do that. That's right. That's right. Hey, isn't that where we started this whole thing off? That's pretty much where it came. Yeah, I always come full circle because that's really the 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 bottom line is if you want to change those dynamics of whether it's in whether we're we're talking about anger, we're talking about being depressed or discouraged. That part of being generous and turning that into uh, a, a gratitude and a thankfulness that brings us back to that whole thing of how are we perceiving the world through that through those eyes? What is it doing to me, and what am I going to do about it? So, are we going to allow the life circumstances that are not easy? They're tough, and some of them are horrendous. And I, I understand that you and I have been. Uh, we've seen enough of life 
fortunately or unfortunately, that we've seen a significant amount of horrendousness and what it's like to be in those situations. So we're not talking from some kind of Pollyanna, you know, everything's going to be wonderful kind. We get that hardness that can be of life. Sure. But that brings us back to the same thing that you and I have had to do, is that what, how are we going to view this world and life? What kind of glasses are we going to use? What is it that really gives us meaning in life that we can be thankful and grateful for because we're viewing it in a way that makes sense and in perspective to what's going on around us? And that, again, gets us back to that cinnamon diamond, which is reality, owning my part. It says, okay, I can be thankful for this because I understand how I fit in this this reality of the sure. world because this is my reality. So I hope that this helps people today. You know, so, all right, we're going to hijack. We're going to hijack that to end this podcast. We're going to hijack the newspaper article that you read. I give you permission to be <laughs> as lousy, miserable, and unthankful as you want to be. Fine. Go ahead and be that way. But I also give you permission to be as happy and as thankful as you want to be. Exactly. I got it. Where did I get the permission to do that? I just said it. uh... (laughs) Hey, this has been Gripping a Reality. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can go to grippingreality.com. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Send an email to Mike at Gripping Reality. Dot com And you can spell Mike either M-I-K-E or M-Y-K-E at grippingreality.com, and we will get the note. And if you send a response, a retribution, a slap in the face, a question that you have, a need for hugs and kisses, write to M-I-K-E at grippingreality.com because he does all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> if you have a theological question, something you need to Find a word in the dictionary that you never heard before. Write to M-Y-K-E. But if you write to either one of us, we'll both get it and talk about it. Not a problem. All right. Acumen. The word is acumen. Oh, stop.